0: As Bruce Claggett in for Jill Bennett, you know, you'd have to live in a cave not to be aware of all the different uh, accounts of how travel has been, especially by air, due to this terrible weather over the last week. You know, whether it is talking about the snowfall, the rain, the wind, the ice storms, what's happened at Vancouver International alone serves as a reminder that sometimes... You know, all the best planning in the world, and you cannot really predict whether your flight is going to connect or whether you're going to be able to have, you know, everything just work out perfectly. And that has not been the case. In fact, many complaints about some of the airlines, whether it's Air Canada and WestJet or some of the smaller airlines, they've all had their fair share. And what about the people spending time sleeping for hours as gates change? at places like YVR. Well, to make sense of some of it and see maybe where some of the finger pointing belongs, let's bring in John Graddick. He's a professor of aviation management at uh, McGill. John, thanks so much for uh, being with us on Boxing Day. Uh, Is there, let me ask you this question, is there a place where you would uh, say that, yeah, maybe some finger pointing is deserved?
1: Well, I think so. I, I think that, uh, you know, we can, my, my favorite two spots are going to be the weatherman. And, uh, you know, I'm basically under-forecasting the, uh, the amount of snow that was going to be falling on places like YVR. Uh, I think that the initial forecast was about 20 centimeters, and they hit 37. So, you know, but, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that was much control over that. Uh, but the other one, I you know, I still look at the Vancouver Airport Authority as being, you know, an organization that should have been prepared. uh, And, uh, you know, as much as I hear, you know, there has been some uh, action taking since the event on Monday night and Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon that uh, there there is still some accountability for that initial set of activity that uh, did not take place.
0: You know, here's where I have a little bit of problem with the Vancouver Airport. Uh, it's an airport that has prided itself on technology and being almost like its own tech hub over the past year, and certainly that is a direction. But uh, And it's certainly gone through a big improvement in the last 20 years in expansion, but when it comes to... I mean, in Vancouver, we call it a big snowstorm, but this is nothing compared to the type of snow that you would end up getting at airports in New York or Buffalo or Chicago this time of year. Other airports around the world seem to manage a little bit better than YVR. Why is that, do you think?
1: Well, one is the, you know, YVRs and, you know, whether it's the airport authority, the airlines, they've lost a lot of experience over the last three years. I think that with the downsizing that you've had in the airports and in the airlines, uh, people with experience that have gone through these snowstorms have, you know, have left. And uh, you've got a number of people in both operating as well as in management roles that probably didn't have or don't have the experience that normally comes with having to work your way through a snowstorm of this magnitude. So, you know, the, 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 issue has been one of saying, yeah, snowstorms do happen. It's a fact of life in Canada. There's no two ways about it. It's the amount of snow and the speed by which that snow falls that, you know, causes these problems. And I think that what happened this this past week was, you know, yeah, snow fell very quickly. The guys were de-icing the airplane. And by the time the airplane was ready to take off, there was a lot more snow in the airplane. And then they had to go back and de-ice again. Well, that that, that happens all the time. And I think that you know, you've gotta create an operating characteristic at the airport that when you get de iced, you basically have, you know, two minutes or three minutes to get out of there and get on the runway and take off. And I think that's where, you know, people who experience that type of operating practice, people in air traffic control, ground control, airlines, airports, you know, they don't they don't know how to do it. And and the other thing was airport planes hanging off of gates, you know, at the airport where you have people that were spending eight, ten, twelve hours on airplanes because vancouver airport could not gate those airplanes and yeah. that that and that, that is a that is totally un, you know uncalled for and it's really a a, a a rookie mistake and i think that that's where again lack of experience and lack of knowledge cause that to happen
0: that's where i am surprised with the uh the under apology uh, from YVR, when it comes to stories, and we talked with many people that spent, uh, you know, up to eleven hours uh, not having deplaned because uh, you know the, the conditions are not right on the uh, on the tarmac. That to me is unbelievable. That does not happen in other airports around the world. And, uh, you know, there is no excuse for that, especially when you're dealing, in many cases, with children, babies, people who have anxiety, and uh, you're keeping them on a plane for that amount of time. Unbelievable. Do you think yeah, that think, this is yeah, something yeah. that deserves a little bit of a case study, a uh-huh. review, or something more? Oh, I think people should be fired because of that. I think, you know, it, it's a, you
1: know the accountability for those, for those activities... And, or a lack of their activities, you know, it is unacceptable, unacceptable. And I think that that, you know, as much as I hear the CEO of Vancouver Airport issue all kinds of apologies and saying, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. That's okay. You know, you can be sorry, but there has to be some, you know, some reckoning some, you know, a moment in time where people who are who were doing decision-making at that point in time should be in fact replaced and by and replaced by people who know, what to do and how to get it done. And I, that is not happening. I see, you know, Vancouver airport offering 400 hotel rooms on Thursday for people who are going to be stranded at the airport. Well, you know, if you did the job right on Monday night or on Tuesday, you know, you wouldn't have all of these people stranded because this time of the year, you know, planes are full and you're not going to have these people move out of the airport very quickly. So you have tens of thousands of people who have not been able to get out of Vancouver since Monday or Tuesday, because the planes are full. And there's no there's no room to get these people out. So, yeah, it, you know, on Monday or Tuesday. If you start if you start the week off and, you know and you're, and you're basically behind the eight ball as far as Vancouver, as, you know, to the extent that Vancouver Airport was. Not surprising that we've had all of these issues
0: took about a day before uh, the airport actually did offer any in-person response beyond anything that was just in a uh, email or on social media. Um, no interviews initially when this hit. Is that a surprise to you?
1: Oh, I I think that, you know, it, it really is a lack of accountability. You know, Vancouver is a non-for-profit airport, you know, and, and, and there's a number like this. There's 26 airports in Canada that are run, you know, as non-for-profit. And, you know, that, that, to me, tells me that there's no accountability. There's no accountability in the system to basically have these airport managers and these airport managers and the airport management teams held accountable for their actions. And I think, you know, that has got to change. That is not acceptable. And I think that, you know, in any any other jurisdiction around the world, you would have had heads roll as a result of this, and uh, I've yet to see any evidence of that.
0: I think a lot of people that we talk to uh, were not really impressed with anyone all along the whole system, whether it's the airport or the airline or even their travel agent at times. But uh, when it comes to the airlines, uh, is there anything more that they could have done, in your experience, uh, compared to other jurisdictions?
1: Well, I think, you know, what, we, what you saw
0: WestJet do on
1: Thursday, I believe, when they canceled, you know, all of their operations out of Vancouver, for Thursday and Friday, you know that that you know was a reaction on the part of WestJet to the ongoing problem that Vancouver was having, and I think you know that's an action that is you know very drastic. I don't think the I think the last time WestJet pulled some of that the same level of of activity was in 9/11, 21 years ago, and so but that hasn't happened since, and because we've had some cooperation between the airlines and the airports in this case. Uh, it just it, it just broke down, and the only way you can get out of a situation like this from an airline perspective is to cancel uh, and is to delay and do all kinds of stuff. But the airlines did it, you know, kind of surreptitiously. Is that you're on your way to the airport for a flight that leaves in two hours, and guess what? They cancel it while, while you're in the cab or when you get to the airport. There should have been a lot more pre-planning by the airlines and by the airports to tell to let people know, you know, these are the only flights are going to work. The rest, of the, t- the rest of these flights are canceled and stay home, and we'll send you an email or a text or whatever to let you know when your next flight's going to be available.
0: Well, communication now is, is terribly important, and uh, in many cases, that didn't happen to the degree it should have. John, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your thoughts with us.
1: My pleasure. Have a great day.